Nothing says thankful like a bird in a box. It's a WatchBots Thanksgiving special. Yeah. What up, world? Welcome to WatchBots, the podcast that's seemingly structured around major American holidays. This is the cool man. This is Mr. Freeze. This is Ben. And I'm joined <laughs> by Shailen. Hello. And not by Dave, uh, occasional host. <laughs> Too busy jet-setting around the world, but that's how it goes. Uh, you know, some of us show up for work and some of us don't it's true i'm here i might not be useful but at least i showed up these liberals just taking all our podcast jobs think about it i have to yeah so we're off to a rough start here listeners won't know this but i spilled a drink everywhere and i spent a good 20 minutes in an existential crisis about what to make and to some that may seem like the Actions of a burgeoning alcoholic, but to me, that's just Wednesday. I mean, the fact that you weren't lusting after a specific drink for days at a time going, I need to have that recipe, that mm. bodes in your favor. You think so? I do. That's good. I'm glad you said lust, because as usual, when Dave's not here, this is a a more sort of intimate, cozy episode. It's one for lovers. Ew, I don't like that word. And it's with that in mind that I want to talk about Tim Allen for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> The new Santa Claus TV show dropped today on Disney Plus, a show that uh, nobody was <laughs> clambering for. Why does it exist? I'll tell you why. Please. Disney. Yeah. There's shows for everything. We're, we're weeks away from the new Willow show that, again, nobody was asking for. I mean, some people were probably asking for that, Ben. You think so? I do. I'm going to read the plot description from the Santa Clauses. Scott Calvin is on the brink of his 65th birthday and realizing that he can't be Santa forever. He's starting to lose a step in his Santa duties, and more importantly, duties, he's got a family who could benefit from a life in the normal world, especially two sons, one that grew up in Lakeside, Illinois, and one that grew up at the pole. <laughs> at the pole. With a lot of elves, children, and family to please, Scott sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure in a life south of the pole. So it's just the show you want. Tim Allen and the gang just being old. So what wasn't the whole premise of the original movie that Santa got got and that's how Tim Allen became Santa? Well, the king stay the king. I don't know what that means. You've seen The Wire, right? No. Oh, well, it's lost on you. But maybe a listener will understand that hip reference. <laughs> the point is, the last Santa Claus movie was made 16 years ago. Oof. And you can apply this. I'm going to bring this back to the Willow show. This is a Herald, after all. Willow was made in like 1989, and now it's just like a cast of like young people in a fantasy show, but Warwick Davis is just there looking old. Yeah. This shit sucks. Nobody wants that. I don't know when this turned into like the cranky old person show, but let me tell you, these fucking liberals 
I don't know why you're so mad at liberals today. I'm mad at liberals every day. Hmm. And that's how it goes. One could say that I'm not thankful for this new Disney Plus show. I would love to know what you are thankful for. <laughs> this godforsaken podcast, I guess. We're near Thanksgiving. We are. And so we decided to talk about a show centered on family and, and friendship and values. That, of course, being King of the Hill. It's old-fashioned. It, it is? <laughs> in, a, in the wholesome 1950s Norman Rockwell sort of fantasy of Thanksgiving. Originally airing in 1997, this <laughs> 50s show that uh, Shailen is quoting. Uh, so yeah, King of the Hill, a uh, Fox staple for many a year. How much did you watch it? I watched a fair amount of it. I don't remember when I fell off it, but there was definitely a period of time where I was watching it weekly. Mm -hmm. I probably would have been season two or three based on the fact that I had never seen this episode before. How it's about you? It's ironic that you said you fell off it because mm -hmm. the show takes place in Texas, like falling off the horse. Ah. And for this week, you climbed back on. It's true. I did. And now you're going to eat the horse. And it will be delicious. Around the, the family table. Uh, I was a big King of the Hill fan for a time. Well, how long, Ben? When? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long I watch TV shows. My fucking Encyclopedia Brown. You said for a time and then pause, so I thought you were prompting me to ask it you a, a question. It was a pregnant pause. <laughs> a pregnant pause that I'll delete out later. It sounds <laughs> awkward. So King of the Hill here, created by Mike Judge. So Beavis and Butthead... Uh, Idiocracy, New Beavis and Butthead, the New Beavis and Butthead movie, uh, all of which are pretty good, by the way. I think we've talked about these in the past. New Beavis and Butthead wasn't as good as the movie, though. Mm, agree to disagree. So it's a show centered on the Hill family from the fictional town of Arlen, Texas. So you have uh, the main character, Hank Hill, a conservative father, a little potbelly, no ass. He's a propane salesman. He sells propane and propane accessories. His wife, Peggy, a substitute teacher, their son, Bobby, and then a whole cast of characters and friends around them that we'll talk about here. So Mike Judge had some cachet after Beavis and Butthead, as you might expect. And he pitched this series idea to Fox, and they sent him over to another name we know, Greg Daniels, from The Simpsons, later went on to The Office and Parks and Rec and so on and so on and so forth. And they sort of developed this idea together. So at the time... Mike Judge was writing a lot of socio-political humor, and Greg Daniels was focusing on the characters, and Mike Judge liked it so much, he made Greg Daniels a co-creator, which is, is nice. Very sweet. Friendship. Yes, exactly. And it aired in Fox as a mid-season replacement in 1997, and it was such a big hit, Shailen. How big of a such hit was a it? Such a big fucking hit that the next year it even outratings The Simpsons. I didn't know that. So stick that in your pipe. Do you know what it was a mid-season replacement for? The Chevy Chase show. Okay. Cosby show. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember when this show started, we used to make a lot of Cosby jokes, but then he was released from prison and then none of those jokes made sense anymore? Yep. It's topical. So anyway, one of the reasons the show was so well-liked off the top is, unlike something like The Flintstones, your favorite show, <laughs> there was a lot of character development development and story building so episodic but you think about 
early in the series, the hills get new neighbors, uh, the Wasanasans. I'm sure I, I butchered that. Neighbors from Laos, a whole family, and they start off very antagonistic. Over time, they become friends and so on and so forth. So just a little bit of, bit of story building there. But after a time, and again, I don't know how long, Shailen. I'm not Encyclopedia Brown. Okay. Not Encyclopedia Brown. So just to confirm, you are not an encyclopedia. That's correct. Okay. Well, maybe an encyclopedia, but not Encyclopedia Brown, the child detective. Britannica, perhaps? Am I Encyclopedia Britannica? Well, I mean, that's insane. I was just checking. Not a series of books. I'm a man. Anyway. So after a time, Daniels and Judge became less involved in the day-to-day production, which led to the show becoming much more serialized. So at that point, you know, watch any episode at any point. It's all kind of the same. Suffered from a weird time slot, often preempted for football. Ironically enough, given we're talking about Thanksgiving and football and Hank Hill loves football. Despite all this weirdness, the show aired for 13 seasons. Holy moly. Which is crazy. That's crazy. It's like NCIS level longevity. And interestingly, it was canceled in favor of the Cleveland show. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bummer. It's sort of regrettable. Uh, there was a video game tie-in in the year 2000 where you went with Hank on a hunting trip. What? And I, I like the idea that like, <laughs> it's like Big Buck Hunter, but you're playing with Hank Hill. Yeah. Or like, you're like, you're Boomhauer. I don't know. It's, it's a very strange idea. You'll be shocked to hear that there is talk of a revival, given that Disney I, owns this property. <laughs> yeah, nothing is sacred. And also, there are new, no new ideas. But I will say this, you know... The original reboot, I don't know why I said original, I have no idea. Family Guy in like the year 2000 after that went off the air. If we can bring that back to be shitty for fucking 35 years, we can bring back King of the Hill to be decent. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. I hope you're right. That's the plan anyway. I like your optimism. So it's the Thanksgiving season here. And so we're talking about one of King of the Hill's several Thanksgiving episodes. That of course being Happy Thanksgiving was written by the team of Alan R. Cohen and Alan Friedland, hmm. who maybe they're not a team, but they shared a lot of the same credits. Yeah. And so I kind of, I made them a team. I mean, whether they formally organized and got themselves matching t-shirts is inconsequential. They are a team this based a, on their work. This isn't a union podcast, Shayla. We don't need to talk about organizing. Power to the people, you know? You're so rude to me. How so? I was making a joke about matching t-shirts. You, you made a joke about me. organizing. and you. I said they didn't formalize their... their yeah, with a contract team. of some sort. <laughs> it wasn't a union joke. So anyway, they wrote for The Nanny. Great show. American Dad. And also they co-wrote the movie Due Date. Due Date. That was Zach Galifianakis's follow-up to the hangover it's that his movie with robert downey jr oh this was in the i forget if it was after iron man one it was in that time period though huh yeah kind of a weird one so the show aired on november 21st 1999 i sure wish i knew what else was happening then ben do you have any sweet context Ooh, what were we seeing it's contextual feeling. Top movies. Number one. The world is not enough. Okay. That's James Bond. It's James Bond. I- ironic given uh, the, the recent Donald Trump announcement. Uh, 
I don't know why it's ironic. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm, I'm drinking this Mai Tai. Uh, it has one of the, the best James Bond lines, of course. Uh, I'm going to butcher it. And see, this is this is where Dave's contributions would be helpful. Right. Uh, you know, it's, I think he's saying like, oh, I thought Christmas only came once a year. I don't remember the context of that. You so we're, we're looking for context well, so within context. Ringo Starr is talking to Dr. Christmas Jones, played by Denise Richards. Mm-hmm. And he's... A creep. I think that they're... I think they fuck. Well, I mean, they definitely fuck, like James Bond fucks. But, yeah. And he's like, oh, I thought Christmas only came once a year. Cool. Because he's such a uh, talent. I see. I don't think that's the one with the invisible car. I think that's Die Another Day. That with the Madonna song. Feels right. You want to sing a few bars of the Madonna song? I do not. Die Another Day. Madonna looks like an alien these days. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, also shout out Jay Leno. Those gas burns. You doing okay? I think so. I haven't looked at a follow-up because I'm scared. Number two film, Sleepy Hollow. Okay. I believe the start of the uh, the Johnny Depp-Tim Burton partnership. And number three film, Toy Story 2. Okay, so. Toy Story 2 is great. Wasn't Edward Scissorhands Tim Burton? Did I make that up? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, what's your point? Okay, I was just Was checking. Johnny Depp in that movie? He might have been. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think he might have had a cameo. Yeah. Well, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Must be nice. What? You sit over there and you're just fucking poking holes in all my things here? All of them. I got notes. And like I pull all these things together and you just, you just come in here with your fucking axe. Like Paul Bunyan over there, except 150th the height. Wow, rude. It's not rude. How tall is Paul Bunyan? 400 feet tall. No, wait a minute. That doesn't 40 seem feet right. tall. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So uh, let's get into the show here. Song, really iconic. By the band The Replacements. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. But not The Replacements. I think it's a different Replacements, now that I'm saying it. I don't oh, think okay. it's... Huh. That would make sense, that it's a different band. Do you know what I heard? What did you hear, Ben? I was texting with Dave the other day, before he went to Bolivia. <laughs> um, and he was telling me that he likes CeeLo better than The Replacements. He feels he's a more accomplished lyricist. CeeLo? Yeah. Your like favorite rapper? The the fuck you guy? No. Skilo is what I meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. You come over there. I was earnestly confused. <laughs> I was just trying to make sense of it. Lest anyone think after this amount of time we come into this podcast terribly prepared. I just want to point out once again that Dave's choice in music is um, questionable. I guess so. So we're in the famous alley. You get a lot of uh, scenes in King of the Hill of Hank and his boys in the alley. So you get Dale Gribble, who's the uh, exterminator conspiracy theorist. Tinfoil hat guy. Yeah. 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 You got Boomhauer, who's like the, the slick ladies man. Who can't talk right. And you got Bill Dotrieve, who is the, the Cajun fella. He's an army barber. He's divorced. Very sad. So they're hanging out. And Hank is running a big smoker. 
and I mean like a barbecue smoker, Hank himself, not not a weed man, right? As far as I can tell, um, there was and, an episode about that. Was there? There was. Hmm, fascinating. Mm. Did he love it? He was very uh, anti, as I recall. Hmm. Let's get into that sticky icky. But Hank is making a turkey, and he starts to tell the gang that this year, instead of doing Thanksgiving at the Hills House, they're going to visit Piggy's mom in Montana, and this makes Bill very upset. Oh. Excuse me? Oh. One more time? Oh. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) as part of this, you might question, Peggy's parents, or Peggy's mom lives in Montana. Why would Hank be cooking a turkey in Texas, which is a 20-hour drive away, about 1,200 miles? And the answer is right here. And now Mother Platter's starting to take it out on propane. She says it can't get the job done when it comes to smoking turkey. Well, I'm not going to let that go. So for Peggy's sake, I got to prove her mom wrong. He's smoking it with propane, (laughs) which is so confusing. I believe two days ahead. Yes. You can smoke things with propane. It's just got to heat wood to create smoke. Mm -hmm. So smoking food is when heat, the heat element, touches the wood, which creates smoke. I'm just saying that he's very uppity, uppity, that's all. Mm-hmm. Two days ahead. Let's do the math. Do you think that uppity was a line from B-movie? I hope so. <laughs> if not, it's in the I'm so uppity role now. Ugh. Ugh. So, anyway. Honey, I'm so buzzing <laughs> with excitement. God. It seems weird to me that Hank Hill a man devoted to propane and, and grilling and such, that the, his idea is to make the turkey two days ahead of time, bring it across state lines. It, we'll, we'll talk about how he plans to bring it across state lines. <laughs> but the idea that that turkey would still be good is really insane. Especially... It's ill-conceived. Because he makes the big claim of, like, it's going to be smoky and... Did you say moist? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh, moist. Two-day-old pre-cooked oh. smoked turkey. Just everything about that sounds unappealing to me. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I do. I agree. So, But the reason he's doing this is because Peggy's parents wanted to go to a restaurant for Thanksgiving, which according to these Texans is horror. A restaurant. But I like this here because Hank lays out the Hill family standard Thanksgiving plan. Mm. But don't worry. I convinced them to have the meal at their house, and I'm going with my standard plan. Cowboys game, dinner at five, and serve dessert in time for home alone. (laughs) Okay. So we're on the East Coast here. I don't want to give away too much about ourselves. Right. But we live in Connecticut. (laughs) Dinner at five, Thanksgiving dinner at five seems really late. I agree with you. Dinner for Thanksgiving should be served between two and three o'clock. Full stop. That is, it is law. Our listeners, we want to hear from you. What's your standard Thanksgiving plan? Uh, hashtag a simple plan. So Bill is mad because Bill has nowhere else to go for Thanksgiving. Boomhauer mentions he's going to Miami. Now we cut to the day before Thanksgiving. Hank takes the turkey, which he had cooked the day before. That's correct. And he appears to put it in a, just a, like a regular cardboard box with yes. a towel, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's animation, folks. Like It's a white something. It could be plastic wrap. Maybe it's, I would even grant aluminum foil. Might be a trash bag then. But it's a cardboard box. There's not like an insulated cooler. 
Nope. And at first you're thinking, oh, maybe they're going to drive, but they're not. <laughs> they're not driving. They're flying from Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, DFW for you airport fans out there, all the way to Billings, Montana. And Bill shows up. Bill? Huh. So you're named after him? I said Stan. He's talking about his uncle that, you know, is certainly real as a way to uh, to entice the hills to let him drive them to the airport. I have such a, like, awkward person connection with Bill where I would make up a story to hang out with my friends for just like that 10 minutes more if I could. Maybe not in adulthood, but like as a child, that seems like a thing I would have done. The thing you just described uh, sounds like my worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) As somebody who never wants to spend time with anybody, uh, that sounds awful. I'm just saying. (laughs) Horrible. It's a lot of plot lines in this episode. So we may get a little lost here, a little lost in the sauce, as my boy Swag would say. Here we meet Luann. Luann is Peggy's niece, so Hank's niece-in-law. And her father's in prison. I can't remember where the mother is, but for whatever reason, she lives with the Hills. Right. I'm going to equate her to a Kelly Bundy from Married with Children, similar personality type. And Luann's very excited because her dad is on a day pass from an oil rig or a Prison oil rig. I don't know. Texas is weird. No. So the story, the ongoing storyline is that she's not supposed to know he's in jail. So they tell her he's on an oil rig and that he got a day pass from his work. She doesn't know he's in jail? They're, for a significant part of the series, I'm pretty sure that they kept that a secret. Hmm. I might have that wrong. I could fact sure. check you and fucking throw it back in your face like you're so eager to do to me tonight, but I won't do that. Thank you. I appreciate it. As it turns out, Hank didn't buy Luann a ticket because I don't know why this this episode doesn't paint Hank in a particularly positive light. That is true. This is season four, by the way. So Luann had been with them for a significant period of time, but Hank just didn't buy her ticket at all. Uh, Peggy guilt strips him and so on and so on and so forth. So Bill is driving the whole group to the airport. It's a traffic nightmare. They get to the airport and a, oh God, what is the airline? Association, the security people, ATA, TPA, TF, TSA, TSA. Oh my god, what a mess this show is! This is terrible. Uh, is asking Hank about if he has been with his bags, and Hank's an honest sort. Too honest. Well, I'd say it was more like a minute than a moment. Oh, for God's sake, just say they were in your sight, Hank. Peggy, the man is an official of the United States Airlines. I'd be committing perjury. <laughs> so they got to do a bag check outside because he, he let his bags out of his sight. But then he proudly proclaims that he's brought up a tank of propane. And instead of arresting him, which I feel like is probably what would happen now. A hundred percent. He just has to put the tank of propane in a locker in the airport. That <laughs> doesn't seem quite right. No, it was a it was a different time. This was a pre nine eleven world, exactly. Okay, this might even be a pre shoe bomb world. Can you even imagine a pre shoe bomb world? I I sure can't. It seems like a glorious place where you get to wear your shoes the whole time you're in the airport. Mm -hmm. That seems good. Wearing shoes is for suckers and charlatans. Oh, and liberals. What do you think about that? That's right. So uh, so they put the propane tank in the locker. Remember that because it's going to come back later. They go to the check-in counter, and Hank has to buy Luann a ticket. And 
these bastard airlines, these motherfuckers, they're upcharging him for day of travel. And Hank's not happy about doing it. And so he has to write out a personal check, which is a funny thing, right? Yeah. Like person, the idea of personal checks now is, it's so quaint. It's like a Norman Rockwell 50s kind of thing. Exactly. But he does bring out something that I still use to this day, the memo line. I'm going to write a personal check. And in the memo line, I am writing unfair. You can still do things kind of like this with Venmo, where you can like send notes when you're sending people money or sure, whatever. Yeah. And I always just put services rendered. <laughs> <laughs> just in case there's an audit or something. You know, I want somebody to feel real weird and have to explain whatever it is I'm giving them money for. When I was in college, I nannied. And the mother of the children that I nannied used to put real weird shit in the memo line because she thought it was funny. Like what? One time it said... Foot stuff? Sexual favors. And I was Hell like, can, yeah. can you change this? Because I'm really uncomfortable oh. depositing this in the bank. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel mm-hmm. real weird about it. And when I told mm-hmm. the story to a different friend, she informed me that for the last, like, 30 years, every time that she writes a personal check, she always writes Vaseline on the line. Like, fully consistently has never not written Vaseline on the line. The first time that she wrote it was when she bought the Stone Temple Pilots single. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It just carried on from there. Sure. Anyway, I really like the idea that if a bank, or if she were to ever be audited, then the bank would be like, why are you buying so much Vaseline? Why are you buying so much Vaseline from so many people? Is that what they do in an audit? Like, no. Now I said it, and now I'm like, wait a minute. That just seems for your own personal record keeping. I think with an audit, they compare like, oh, what is this amount? Where did it actually go? And occasionally they look at the memo line, but they're only looking closely at the memo lines if... There's like something sketchy happening. These were different times. Balancing checkbooks was a thing. Only a, a fucking lunatic would do that now. Wow, those are fighting words, Ben. Are they? Yeah. I don't think so. Pretty sure. Uh, listeners, reach out. If you balance your checkbook, hashtag I'm a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> That's at Watchbots Pod on Twitter. Uh, and bring it. And we'll uh, fucking fight you. Or Shailen will. I don't know. I don't feel like it. I'm not fighting someone if I agree with them. That doesn't make any sense. You agree that they're a lunatic? Oh, I see. I got it backwards. Regardless. Hmm. What happens next, Ben? Interesting. What's up? <laughs> I said, what happens next in the episode, Ben? It's a good question. We're going to introduce another subplot. Also going to the airport are Dale, Dale's wife, Nancy, their quote-unquote son, Joseph, and John Redcorn, who is the... Uh, you know, he's the, the, the Native American gentleman who has an affair with Nancy, a longstanding affair. And they're, uh, little Joseph, uh, Joseph suspiciously uh, like him. Yeah, it might be a thing. Hey, do your people even celebrate Thanksgiving? We did. Once. Um, Shug, maybe I should see John Redcorn to the gate. Make sure he gets off all right. Good idea, sweetheart. You got it? I got it. A little double entendre for you. I got it. It's French. Also in the airport, we have the Wasana song. They're going somewhere. It's never really established where. It doesn't matter. But the whole gang is at the airport now, except for Bill, who has gone back to his house to be alone. And sad. Very sad. I've never traveled for Thanksgiving. In a way that would require air travel. Yeah. No, I haven't either. And I know, like, even to this day, that's a thing. Yeah. I don't get it. Maybe that that's just me being 
whatever. But well, there's there's a few factors at play, right? Like you, most of your family is local enough, you don't have to fly. That's one part of it, and a lot of Americans don't get tons of holidays off from work that result in a four day time off block. Sure. Sure. And so if you're going to travel across state borders or far away to visit people that you haven't seen in a long time, having four days to do it without taking vacation time is ideal. Listen, I love my parents. Fucking okay. capitalism. I love my parents. I don't want that to be in question. But if it was something where I had to deal with like the airport to go see my parents for a couple of days, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the, uh, the, the Facebook video phone's for. Now, what if the alternative was you had to welcome your parents to stay with you for a long weekend and they flew in the airport? Not an option. Hmm. What do you think about that? I think it's good that we live in Connecticut, so we're not too far away from your parents. We live in New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we're in the airport. Hank is carrying around this turkey. (laughs) And here's the thing that's weird to me. Turkeys relatively delicious sure but they got a little grease to them this box never gets greasy that's why i was positing the white inexplicable thing was a trash bag i think he had it wrapped (laughs) in plat in a plastic trash bag to keep the grease contained they should call him dexter huh totally such a dexter move maybe he's a boy scout and he always comes prepared oh i bet he comes prepared ew fucking sicko Shailen, you're sick. I am not. So the uh, the plane gets delayed because it's raining, and, and Hank goes and offers his services <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to the gate agent, which is pretty fun. So now, like, there's just a lot going on. This, yeah. So this our episode of this particular show, Watchbots, feels like a disjointed mess, in part because the episode of King of the Hill is a disjointed mess. So Hank calls Peggy's mom. I get the sense that Peggy and her mom don't get along super well, yeah. although this is retconned later. Oh, that's true, but... He actually said at the beginning of the episode, they don't always get along. Yes. So Hank has to call uh, Peggy's mom about uh, they're going to be late. And then we get into this big argument about butter. I will need margarine and not butter. Is that Peggy? Yeah. Tell her we use butter in this house. Uh, okay. Next time that I need my mom to do something very specific, I'm going to tap you to call her and let her know. Yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. What's the difference between margarine and butter? I saved this for the show. I figured you might know. All right. So butter is uh-huh. when you take milk, like cow's cream. Okay. And you shake the shit out of it or you churn the shit out of it sure. or you whip the shit out of it. And usually sometimes you add um, salt. If there was ever a time for Dave's wife to be on the show, this would this be it. <laughs> margarine is like a chemical pom- compound that is made to imitate butter. It's it's pretty sad. Actually. So margarine is synthetic. Yeah. So I can't believe it's not butter. It's margarine. It's actually. So it's a third category. Yeah. How is it different? I don't remember the specifics of it, but there's something I know that I can't believe it's not butter has something in it to keep it soft. That margarine <laughs> doesn't have necessarily uh, the anti Viagra, if you will. Indeed. For non butter. I think so. Okay. I just remember that there was like a big thing that i can't believe it's not butter is not the same as margarine mm-hmm. and country crock is somewhere in the middle so also. well wait a minute is country crock a fourth category or is it like i don't i can't believe it's not butter i think country crock is considered a butter flavored margarine a butter flavored margarine i th- think so but i'm not totally sure okay 
the 80s commercials, only certain ones stuck in my head. I just okay. remember Country Croc existing. What about squeeze butter? Where does that fit into this? Um, it's gross. That's where. But it is that in. real butter or is that is that a, a fifth category? Squeeze butter is imitation butter, but m- which it, margarine is. All right, ready? Not all imitation butters are margarine, but all margarines are imitation butter. Does that work? So squeeze butter is an imitation butter, but it's not margarine <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> But again, I didn't grow up in the Midwest, which is or, or anywhere that used margarine according to my biases. So I don't know. So I like barbecue and some food every now and again. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the competition people use like squeeze butter, and that's where I'm out. I can't handle. <laughs> I, can't I handle don't it. think that's real. I think that. I mean, I you know. Don't th- think what is real? The the sh- the documentaries that I watched, or I don't think that the squeeze, squeeze butter. butter is really butter. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. But it is real in that it exists, right? But that's why I said I'm out. Like it's it's not like it's a gross. it's like a I don't want to be putting my hands all in that shit. Did your family get the spray? I can't believe it's not butter when you were a kid. Absolutely, we put it on popcorn. My family put that shit on everything because it like was what? like what's the weirdest thing you put that spray shit on? Um, my sister used it to cook steak once. <laughs> what kind yeah. of steak? A ribeye. Uh, a nice porterhouse. I was vegetarian at the time, so I couldn't tell you for sure. I just remember she was... Being vegetarian doesn't disqualify you from knowing what a steak is. She was standing in front of the stove with a bottle of spray butter spraying a piece of steak that she was overcooking on the stove, and I had to leave the room. I bet it was good, though. I had to leave the room. Hmm, Who knows? Listeners, we want to hear from you. What do you use spray butter on? Hashtag uh, pray and spray. So (laughs) anyway, Bill finds out that the flights are delayed. He's going to the airport. He's very excited. There's a man, this episode is insane. There's a man who comes by and says that there's another airline that might be flying and Peggy makes up a story about a cookie shop (laughs) to get Bobby to go after it. So Hank chases him down the way. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's a lot. But the point is that the Hills are now at another airline. In the midst of this, Dale goes to the Admiral's Club, which is like the you know, the first class, whatever. Right. You ever been to one of them lounges? I've never been in one of those fancy lounges. There was a guy that I used to work with and he was much more senior than I was. He had been in the, the blank game for, for a long, long time. <laughs> he looked like, you know, like Rusty Jones, mm-hmm. the guy that would be on the windows. We talk, we talk about Rusty Jones a lot on this show. <laughs> it's true. He looked like that guy aged about 30 years. Oh. And he got me into one of those first class lounges once. Was it awesome? I guess, yeah. Like, we sat in chairs and we had peanuts and Sprite. That so that's is, pretty good. For, like, a professional work trip? Yeah. Well, as opposed to, like, a casual work trip. It, like it's, That would be like if I made a trip for this, this show. <laughs> it just, it seems so weird to me based on the work trips that I've taken. And admittedly, I have not gone as on as many trips as you have for work. Mm-hmm. But, like, hey, come check out the fancy airport lounge. I'll get you some peanuts and a Sprite. Like... They can give you like a grilled cheese or like a beer. I don't know. That just seems weird. <laughs> we asked Shailen what she thought was high class and she came up with grilled cheese and a beer. <laughs> no, I wasn't going high class. I was just going like slightly above peanuts and Sprite. I think it's just the exclusivity of it all. You okay. Know? Were the peanuts or Sprite unique in any way? Yeah, they were covered in gold. Oh, see, you buried the lead on that. Yeah, now yeah. I understand. Sprite covered in gold. I got it. Consider that. Hmm. Put that in your pipe. 
put that in your computer? Not an encyclopedia. Okay. Just want that to be out there. Noted. Here's Dale. Shackleford, Admiral Rusty, Shackleford, I'll keep my coat. Admiral, Admiral. (laughs) So uh, he uses his his well-known fake name, Rusty Shackleford. You ever use a fake name for things like that? Like a, like a, what's your go-to? I always tell people who ask my name in a bar that my name is Katie. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Con- very consistently. My dad had one for years. It was like Myron. It wasn't Rabinovitz, but it was something along those lines. <laughs> I'll just say my family could not be mistaken for Jewish. So a very, very confusing choice. At one point, my parents had done a layaway. And my dad, for shits and giggles, gave the fake name, but then he couldn't spell the name when they went back to pick it up and they couldn't get the layaway. My dad always used the same name. What was it? Peter Sagleriatis. Okay. Um, and it was the name of a fallen classmate from his high school. Um, and that was part of how- like dead? Yeah. How'd he die? I don't remember if it was a car accident or Vietnam. It was oh, one of those two things. LSD? These fucking No, it hippies. wasn't LSD. Okay. But he got in a big fight with- a security team <laughs> and they came back they were like who who gave you authority and he said well peter sacleriatus said that i could be here mm-hmm. and they went back and forth and they came out and they said there's no person by that name who's ever worked here ever or even a guest that's ever been here and my dad without like backing down he just went oh well how did you spell the last name and like really earnestly did it and uh-huh. he's not allowed back at that building ever again his he's on the list and his picture is actually on a wall what is the building? It's not a building. <laughs> we'll In bleep, like the security booth. We'll bleep that out. Okay. Security booth. Security. There's just one? Like the office. The That's big ridiculous. office. ridiculous. Your dad can't go to Madison Square Garden? That's correct. Oh my God. So anyway, Dale wants to smoke. Dale's a big time smoker and I'm talking tobacco. It's true. Not the sticky icky. And he gets kicked out. So he's on a quest. This is an, another subplot. Back with the hills, they are at the TWA counter they find out that they don't even go to Montana. So Peggy was a, fed a bill of lies. And Hank's mad. How mad? How mad? How mad? All right, Peggy, you lied to me about the announcement. That's strike one. What? Oh, don't start with that baseball. That's two. What happens when he gets to three? He doesn't know. Hank's just a big bag of wind. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If we were out somewhere and you started calling strikes on me because you were disappointed in my behavior, you would get divorce papers. I can do that in the comfort of my own home. Divorce. Reason. Treating me like a child. I don't even like leaving the house. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway. It's inappropriate and I don't like Hank in this episode. I thought it was folksy. I don't like Hank in this episode. I it was folksy. It is because he doesn't have a follow-up. There's no like, there's no real malice in it. He's just talking. He's treating her like a child. I don't like it. Well... Maybe she wasn't acting like a child. She was trying to help. Like, she did a bad job. A bill of lies. So now we see uh, that they have to go. The flights are canceled. There's so much going on. The flights are canceled, so they have to take a bus to a hotel where they have a block of rooms. Right. On the way out, they see Boomhauer, whose flight was also canceled. He's with two flight attendants. Hey, yo, man, Hank, man, look like a damn layover, man. It's going to be something that'll wind up something special on the ground, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Boomhauer Fox is the, the general idea of the character there. Yeah. Do you remember when they brought in Boomhauer's brother? Played by Brad Pitt. Brad, Brad Pitt. Like, that's so weird. Yep. It's weird. Brad Pitt showed up on Jackass, too. Really? Is Brad Pitt cool? No, I don't think so. Is he's bad? He's a bad guy? Uh, 
Um, it. I guess. Is, it, he, is he like a frugal gourmet level pervert? The court claims, or the, the claims of his ex-wife are negative. Yeah, the kangaroo court. Yeah, maybe. The court of public opinion. Or maybe he's just a bad person. It could be one of those One of those two. Tough to tell. So the point is, Bill shows up outside the airport, and he slips and falls for some reason. <laughs> People falling down is funny. Peggy convinces Bill to drive them to the hotel. Bill gets in a car accident. They get to the hotel. The hotel is full. So they had to go back to the airport. In the meantime... Dale is looking for a place to smoke. He finds one of those cars that like you can win or that they're selling. Yeah. But it's like in the airport. It's like a display car at the airport. Yeah, like the ones at the mall. Yeah. Can I ask a stupid question? What? There's no such thing as a stupid question. Right. How do they get those cars into the malls? Through a loading dock. But then they drive them around the mall? Yeah. Huh. Really slowly. I used to work at a mall and I got Did to they see have them. All? No. Oh. It was a it was a really disappointing mall. That's sad. Um but it was fun to watch like them drive the car very, very slowly at closing time to where it needed to be. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like that would be, I don't know, dangerous. Dangerous? Yeah. Beautiful? Unethical? I suppose so. I think that one time there was a school bus in the mall where I worked. I didn't see them drive that one in, though. Huh. How about that? It was like fill up the school bus with school supply donations, and then they were going to drive it to help kids. Is it like the guess the jelly beans in the jar? The reverse of that. You guess to, the jars in the jelly bean? Well, it was that, like... That's absurd. <laughs> that's patently ridiculous. <laughs> it was like fill the jar with your own jelly beans. With your own jelly beans? Your own jelly beans. Why would you do that? Just for fun? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't participate. It sounds terrible. I don't understand. I don't what has happened to this show? Should be so well organized. So uh, anyway, here's some uh, some smoking noises. <laughs> They're good smoking noises. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention John Redcorn and Nancy are fucking in the back seat. Yeah. So that's cool. It's gross. They're fucking real good. Uh, now we're back in the airport. They hear an announcement for the airline trying to to get passenger Tom Gann away, and Hank's impressed. Paging passenger Tom Ganaway, please pick up the nearest white courtesy phone. Peggy, Peggy, I think that's Tom Ganaway. <laughs> I don't know. It's I, all right. Was that a callback from another episode? I or? think I just, I, I looked it up live. Okay. Now, I know listeners expect, oh, here's Mr. Freeze. He's got all the answers. He does all the research. Sometimes, guys, I forget, okay? Because I had this question and I just looked it up. And there's a Ted Ganaway who's like a George W. Bush type, hmm. like a like a presidential candidate. But this is Tom Ganaway. So the answer is I don't know. I'm gonna go with it's like the nerdy brother. The nerdy brother of Ted. Okay. Ted and Tom. Yeah, that's why he wouldn't know what his face looks like, but he'd be impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Hit us up at Watchbots Pod hashtag Ganaway now. <laughs> so now we're to the next morning. The flight is finally boarding. Hank still has this fucking turkey box, which has gotten wet in the rain, but is otherwise unharmed. It's three-day-old turkey. This turkey's been, I was going to say 36 hours, but sure, we'll, we'll go with 72. Well, what is accurate math? Because it was two days before Thanksgiving that he cooked it, so 36 would be halfway through the second day. Here's something I looked up when I, when I was watching the show. I know I just went through this whole epiphany about not doing my research. So we get Bobby mm-hmm. as the kid, and then there's Joseph, and right. then the Wasana Sons also have a daughter named Connie. Would you like to guess what year they're canonically born in? 
19 when did it air in the se- in 1997 not in the 70s 1997 is when the show aired we've gone over that i cannot answer that question anymore they were born in the year 1982 1985 i was so close oh i thought it would be impressive that they were almost 40 but then you made them even older and undercut you paul bunyan my my amazing fun fact i still think that's a fun fact you're a paul bunyan today I did wear flannel. Like a mini Paul Bunyan. I, I didn't wear flannel. Mini Paul Bunyan. So um, you go to the airport and you get your, your check-on bag and you're like, I'm ready to go. But then they get that little box Yep. that your thing's going to fit into. I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to check that. <sighs> this isn't fair. It meets the cubic feet requirement. It's just oddly shaped. Oh, for God's sake, Hank. There's no time. Just check it. <laughs> okay. So he's going to check his turkey through. <laughs> his, check, his turkey is going toward the cargo hold. Now, mind you, me as a traveler, as a former frequent business traveler, thank mm-hmm. God less so these days, I used to like doing that. You bring your bag up and they're like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? And then I would check the bag through because I would get anxiety about there not being enough overhead space like near my seat <laughs> and I would have to like go backward. You know what I mean? Yep. And then you got to wait for people. It's It's a nightmare. Yep. Flying is a fucking nightmare. Agreed. But in this case, I didn't have anything as precious as Hank's turkey. I can't imagine eating a turkey that had been checked on an airplane no matter when the turkey was cooked. Well, like, let me tell you. Tell me. We have some food coming that's going to be in an airplane. Meat, no less. But I guess it hasn't been cooked. Right. So I, I mail ordered two briskets and a pork butt. Because I didn't want to go to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to ship it to us. But I guess that stuff's not cooked. It's not cooked. So when it cooks, all the weird from the airplane will be gone. All the weird. Yeah. Cook it off. Like alcohol, when you cook, cook it off, it it's off. not boozy. We watched the Weird Al movie recently. A plus. I, I just came up with a with a parody song. Let's hear it. Uh, to Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Okay. It's called Cook It Off. Okay. And it's exclusively about shipping turkeys and airplanes. <laughs> but they're uncooked because you can cook it off. It might have arrived too late. It's like a family circle road from beginning to end on this show, but we get there. So anyway, Hank is impressed by the luggage handlers. And then... Hey, there's my turkey box. <laughs> yeah, those dogs. <laughs> those dogs appear to like the turkey box, but what they actually think is that the turkey box is a bomb. That's correct. So within seconds, the bomb squad is on site, and they, uh, they blow up the turkey. That's the bomb squad. There's a bomb? No, no, it's not a bomb. It's a turkey. It's a smoked turkey, you idiot. Get away from there. Stop that. You there. Oh, please, God, no. So you get the noise there, but the uh, they, <laughs> they blow up the turkey, which goes hundreds of feet into the plane. And then Hank vomits in horror. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I have so many follow-up questions about the bomb squad okay, at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. Let's go one by one. Would they really blow up what they think is a bomb with a bunch of people on the tarmac? Yes. What if it was a real bomb? Would it have accidentally made the plane explode? No, because the bomb squad. Those are my only questions. Thank you. Thank that was you a whole here. series? You said you had so many, that was two. I expected yes to be one of the answers, not no, so. Does the bomb squad guy like cheese on his sandwich? Did you 
hear the story about the bomb squad dog or the bomb sniffing dog at the airport and it like alerted its handler that like, oh, there's a bomb here. And then they opened up the, the bag after detaining the person and like making them feel real sad. And they opened it up and there's just like pizza inside the bag. Shailen, all dogs are bomb sniffing dogs. Bomb. Oh. I guess that makes it more heartwarming. Yeah. What do they even train these dogs for? They can't tell the difference between pizza and bombs. I think that doggy just really wanted that pizza. And I kind of admire that. Sure. Admirable. Uh, okay. So that, now they're all off the plane. Hank's finally lost his patience. You blew up the wrong man's turkey. Now get me to Montana. I've got 10 hours to buy and smoke a bird. <laughs> okay. So to get to Montana, now they have to go to a another field... Like mm-hmm. an airfield that's across Dallas, and there's a bus, and the, the the Hank has to like lie to a guy, like just this random dude with a family that well, there's nothing happening. He doesn't have to lie to him, but he strategically decides to tell him mm-hmm. he doesn't know anything so that he can have the spot on the bus. It's like Survivor out there. It's a real conundrum. It's like, do you save the one person on the track, or do you save the four people on the track? What track? The train track. And Hank decided to save his Hold own on, family. The one person. Why are there five people on the train track? This it's is, like the, the ethical conundrum where it's like, do you redirect the train or do you not intervene with fate? It shows up in the good place a lot. Shall can I ask you a question? What, Ben? What's your favorite ethical conundrum? Is it that one? Mm, I don't know. You don't know? So on this show, we, we take bits and we sort of play along with them. Shayla, let me ask you a question. What's your favorite ethical conundrum? Anything where I can choose getting the cheese at the end. Anything slim. So they get to the bus. The bus is packed. Some would say... Oh, Hank, they are jammed butt to gut in there. There's no room. You said this was war, right? Butt to gut. Butt to gut. I haven't heard that since cake farts was the big thing. I don't even think I heard it then. Yeah, well, you weren't listening to the right channels. Obviously. So they're on the bus. And then the other family's there... And Hank gives up his spot. Now we're back in the airport, in the food court. They're sitting in front of a place called Hoagie's Euros, which I enjoyed. It's pretty good. Peggy calls her mom. Luann's dad is back on the oil rig or in prison, I guess. I, don't I know. think it's the mom that's in prison. I don't know who's in prison. Someone's in prison. Boomhauer is back. He's mad. He was previously with the two, uh, the two flight attendants. And then... I'm sorry you didn't get to see your mother. Hey, man, you want to talk about sorry, man? I'm a dang, dang old steward at them dang born again. Talking about them dang old cold shower. No, no Punani for old Boomhauer. None. So then Khan and his family show up. Dale was locked outside the airport. He's back. Nancy and John Redcorn show back up. Oh, there you are, Nancy. I've been searching all over the airport for you. Oh, Dale, I searched for you as well. <laughs> it's just, that is so weird John, his delivery is so uncomfortable John Redcorn's a great character so then everybody's bummed they're all sitting in the airport instead of going back home to Arlen where they probably could have put something together mm-hmm. Hank the classic family man the Clark Griswold in this situation says well I'll tell you what that's not a clip that's just my impersonation I'll tell you what that's very good. I got a stick of gum you just brought one stick of gum mm, for the airplane ride. To, to pop his ears. And then Khan has brought leftover pizza. Boomhauer has a humongous bag of nuts that he got off the, the born-again flight attendants. <laughs> and other people have brought things as well. It's like stone soup. 
Yeah, it's just like that. I have a can of yams. Well, I got some turkey and all the trimmings. Actually, I don't have anything. I I don't even have a Uncle Stan. I made him up. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that. Very sad. And then <laughs> Hank remembers, oh shit, we got the propane so we can cook the pizza. And all is well. They're all they're all hanging out. But then the end of the episode, we spent the entire episode here. You wouldn't know because I didn't bring it up until this exact moment. <laughs> Peggy has been talking about her brown Betty recipe, mm-hmm. which I think is like an apple crisp. I don't think there's apples in it. Mm, hold on. Brown Betty recipe. There's brown sugar, lemon, honey crisp apple. Oh, that's an apple brown Betty. This, these all say apple brown Betty. Hmm. What's the difference between brown Betty and apple crisp? Um, they're pretty similar. But Peggy decides she can make a uh, brown Betty out of what they have, which seems insane. But Wait a second. With those sugar packets, these packs of margarine, some leftover pizza crust, and that propane grill, I can jerry-bake us up a brown Betty. Well, you do make the best brown Betty in Yes, the- I do. Yes, she do. She do. And that's King of the Hill. Would you show it to a child? No, too many things I would have to answer. Like what? Like, who's the, that guy? Why did squ- he say that? What does that mean? Stuff? What did that joke mean? Why did that happen? What's going on? I would, and I'll tell you why. Reminds me of the 50s and Norman Rockwell, in a sense. It is more wholesome than some of the cartoons we've watched, in some ways. In all ways. And let's go with uh, one to five homemade brown Bettys. I would say for this specific episode, I give it a four, because Hank is incredibly unlikable in this one episode. He's not always this much of a dick. Mm -hmm. Four. Four. It was fine. What do you think? We'll also go with a four here. King of the Hill, I always talk about going back and watching it, but it doesn't have that same cachet to me that like The Simpsons does or that The Office does to you having watched it 66 or 67 (laughs) times. But like, I don't know if I just have positive memories of it. This episode had a lot of good moments, but it was so jumbled. And I don't know if that's the two Allens. Maybe that's their style. I don't know. I'm not Encyclopedia Brown. But... There were a lot of good moments that I enjoyed, but the episode as a whole, as listeners will now know, because we've been talking about it for three and a half hours, there's just a, it's too much going on. Too many things. I, I don't want to keep track of all of it. Yeah, that's fair. It's too much. I don't want them to all be at the airport. That's contrived. Makes me sick. Fair. Let's play a game. Okay. So before Dave went on his fucking around the world in 80 days journey here. <laughs> We had another episode in mind that has been pushed back. So Shailen and I said, we got to think of something on the fly. Because we have to release an episode occasionally. Everyone's no uh, Or everything lapses. It's all bad. But one of the things we talked about watching was Garfield Thanksgiving. In which we both mistakenly thought the grandmother dies. Like John's grandma dies. Yeah. And so we didn't watch that. Because we wanted to talk about Garfield again. But it, it got me thinking. And so... My wheels were spinning. The gears were turning up here, pointing to my head. He's pointing in a circular motion. Two hands. They're spinning. That's how we get to tonight's game, Dying to Know. It's a simple game. Okay. I'm going to name you a cartoon character. Oh, boy. You have to tell me, did that character die or not? Okay. Okay. So that's one point. You can get a bonus point 
if you tell me how they died. Oh, boy. You get an extra bonus point if you tell me if it was upsetting. And yet another bonus point if you can tell me if they were brought back from the dead. So many bonus points. Are these all G.I. Joe characters? No. Okay. G.I. Joe may or may not make an appearance. But that's not important. There's a sliding scale of good to bad that I will proctor. Okay. Consider that. What do you mean good to bad? Put that in your pipe. You keep saying Question one. Optimus Prime. Yes. Dies. How did he die? Terribly in space during battle. Correct. In the movie. Was it upsetting? Yes. Did he come back? Yeah, but weirdly. That's how you play the game dying to no shale, and that is four for four there. So you're up to four points out of a possible four points. Question two. From the show we just talked about, King of the Hill. Mm -hmm. Cotton Hill, Hank's shinless father. Yes. Incorrect. Wrong. He never dies? No. Wrong. Oh. Lives. Wrong. Okay. Question three. Homer Simpson's mother, Mona. No. Damn it. Correct. One for one. Right. <laughs> no, no more context needed. I thought that would trip you up because she disappeared for a long time, but she does come back. Yeah, she's not dead. And the FBI gets her. Brian the dog from Family to Guy. Oh, God. I hope not. He does, doesn't he? I'm going to go with yes because that's upsetting. So your, your final answer is yes. Yeah. How does he die? Does he get hit by a car? Yes. <laughs> is it upsetting? Yes, and I remember the episode, and I'm mad about it. Does he come back? Yeah. That's another perfect four for four. You want a fun time. Look up. (laughs) uh, Reveal a few things about myself here. (laughs) Look up uh, cartoon characters dying. There's always a picture of Brian on, like, the doctor's table. He's just, like, fucked up. Yeah. So, like, black eyes and stuff. It's awful. I remember that episode. He did it for no reason. Awful. Seth MacFarlane's a fucking monster. Agreed. I'm not going to make the 9-11 joke, but I'm thinking about it. The other thing I looked up recently was um, <laughs> Rule 34, King of the Hill. <laughs> oh, no. And I found a picture of uh, Hank and Peggy Ew. and the Masana sons. And they were in a, they were in a foursome. <laughs> Ew. Uh, and you might go, why did you look that up? And the answer is, I had an idea, but now I honestly can't remember what that idea was. I was going to link it back into the show somehow. Was it just so you could talk about it? No. Okay. Was it? Were you originally going to do like a does? What's the worst possible thing that could exist in Rule Thirty Four regarding this show? No. Okay. Listeners, I want to hear from you. You watch Bots Pod. Why did I look that up? Why the fuck? Hashtag living the dream. So you're doing pretty well so far. Thank you. If you left, this is a quick game mm-hmm. because I put it together. Right. It's a quick game. <laughs> Duke from GI Joe. Yes. How did he die? Friendly fire. <laughs> what is he, Pat Tillman? That's a horribly... <laughs> that's terrible, Shailen. Was it upsetting? Yes. And did he come back? Yes. Well, he never died, so you're, you're wrong. Oh, it all counts damn there. damn it. You fucked up big. Apparently. There was talk of killing off Duke in the G.I. Joe movie. And in fact, you can see the scene where he was supposed to die in the movie. Uh-huh. But after the... Um, the Optimus Prime thing was so poorly received, the producers or whoever decided, or Hasbro decided, eh, let's show him wake up in the end. Let him live. Never died. I'm going to give you an 0 for 1 there because I, I led you down the, the Primrose path. Okay. But I should have given you an 0 for 4. That won't happen again. Thank you. Don't test my generosity. Okay. Troy McClure. 
Yes. How did he die? His wife shot him. <laughs> That's horrible. Was it's it upsetting? True. Yes. Did he come back? No. Oh, for four. Troy McClure never died. I fucking. You know what I did there? I sent the fishing line into the water and I reeled you in. Oh, for four. Is it possible that oh, I just four. believe that he and the actor who played him are the same? They're not. <sighs> R.I.P. Phil Hartman. Two left. Chef from South Park. No, but he came close when he had the heart attack. Oh, for four. Chef did die. Oh, no. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a chance here because it's the, the season of being thankful. How did Chef die? Did he die of a heart attack? <laughs> oh, for two. Was it upsetting yes. when Chef died? Probably. Oh, for three. Did he come back? No. Oh, one for four. So the. Oh, damn it. This was that. Oh, there was like a scandal about it because. You're fucked up. So the, the South Park guys came out against uh, Scientology. And Isaac Hayes was a pretty devout Scientologist, and so he left the show. And so they killed off his character by shooting, stabbing, burning, and then throwing him off a cliff. And it was not really upsetting. It was actually pretty funny. I regret not pausing to think on that because I remember that happening. Mm -hmm. Wasn't there like a chef bot too? Does that count as coming back? No, that does not count. Last one here. Okay. And stay in the realm of South Park. Oh, boy. Kyle Broflovsky. No, I don't think Kyle died. Incorrect. Over four. What did he die of? Kyle was killed in the Adventureland episode by Man Bear Pig. Did he come back? Yes, Cartman brought him back. But over four. How did Cartman bring him back when Man Bear Pig killed him? I, I don't remember. What have I told you? I am not Encyclopedia Brown. I have a question for you. I have a line that says, yes, killed by Man Bear Pig, comma, no, comma, yes. That's the information I have in front of me. This is not to do with the game specifically. Okay. What is the most demented cartoon death that you remember? Mufasa. Fair. All right. I was going to go Bambi or the brother in Big Hero 6. That's pretty upsetting. Ah, the brother deserved it. No. Uppity scientist. He was nice. Your final score is 10 for 21. You know what that is? Failing. But I can say that I sure did give it my mediocre effort. <laughs> It's only two of us. I'm here. I'm fucking bringing the thunder. And, and I'm and here to put holes in all of your attempts. You're chopping wood over there. Yep. Onto the mailbag. Hello. Leftovers are wonderful. What are your most creative Thanksgiving leftover ideas? Sincerely, Tom Parada slash Damon Lindelof. Well, thanks, guys. So Ben and I have mentioned on the podcast before what is the most brilliant Thanksgiving leftover usage of all time? I will not accept an answer outside of what we did. We took the wonton wrapper things, egg roll wrapper things, and we put turkey and stuffing and a little cranberry sauce, and we wrapped it up. We deep fat fried that shit and dipped it in gravy to eat, and we made Thanksgiving egg rolls. You're not going to get a better Thanksgiving leftover than that. You're just not. Ever? No, it can't be done. Never? Like, God damn, that's a heavy shot. Turkey sandwiches, obviously delicious. Pie for many days, yes, obviously delicious. But if we're talking about repurposing a Thanksgiving leftover specifically, that's the, that's the bee's knees. What do you think, <laughs> the Ben? fucking bee's knees. Yeah, that was a callback from earlier in the episode when we were talking about bee movie. 
if they were here, he would he would talk about like just the classic Thanksgiving sandwich. <laughs> turkey soup. <laughs> With raw onion, turkey soup. Gotta make the soup. What's a creative Thanksgiving leftover? Uh fuck. I don't know. Turkey a la king. What is that? I don't know. Some bullshit. Hmm. Oh. Do you oh. Another good Thanksgiving leftover? What? So your dad brings the ham over sometimes, and you cook the ham with some mashed potatoes. That's not and- a nice thing to say about my stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Mashed potato, ham, and eggs all scrambled together. It's a sloppy mess, and then you put some cheddar cheese on top. I'll tell you what I like. I like that Thanksgiving flatbread. Well, hmm. pizza form. Think about that. Put that in your pipe. We should remember to get the stuff to make a this isn't This isn't our Thanksgiving to-do list. It just popped in my brain. Listeners, we want to hear from you. What's your favorite Thanksgiving leftover? Hashtag. It's not better than the egg roll. Yeah. All right. Sure. We'll go with that. Email at watchbotspod.com with your mailbag. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Have we come to time for Ben's moment? Fuck. Good fucking call. Thank you. Good call. And See? I need you for this one. Contributing. So it's time for the, the newest segment of the show. The breakaway hit a moment of Ben. How many seconds until I'm allowed to interrupt you? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Actually, you know what? Let's do a Thanksgiving edition here. So... <laughs> in celebration of the new Black Panther movie, I decided I'd get caught up on the Marvel stuff, huh? And I was down a bunch of shows in the movies, so I watched that Miss Marvel show. Eh, five out of ten. Although it does have a nice anti-cop message, if that's your thing. Also, uh, started watching She-Hulk. She's too smooth. People were all upset about that CGI, and you know what? Well deserved. But then, Shailen, you can come back in here. Yeah. Because we watched Thor. Thor of God, of Thun- God and Thunder. And it was the weirdest movie about cancer that was trying to be funny. And like... The hammer... He rides a broom and the hammer's alive. Has a personality. Yeah. I hated it. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I did not like it. I'm so glad you pulled back. I was, I was about to start crying if you said you hated it. And but. why is God Ninny Nani not featured more? He's excellent sitting on his throne of scissors. Take Ninny Nani out and I ask myself that question every day. I don't know what that means. Why isn't God featured more? Oh, I see. I didn't think it was really that complex. That's a moment of Ben. Now, that's the end of the show, I think. And as we head in to Thanksgiving, we've got a lot to do, but we hope that you have a great season. And if you're across the pond or whatever, stay jolly. Jalen, agree? Agree. Guten Tag. Bonjourno. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, th- we're thankful for you, listeners. Oh, <laughs> what's wrong with you? What do you, what do you, I was you, trying to find like a closing. That's horrible. I was that's trying. Awful. That's an awful closing. Let's just try that again. What are you thankful for? Cheese. Dogs. Cheese? Yeah. All right, that's good enough. What about you? Dogs. <laughs> Not ours specifically, but generally. Uh, you know what I'm thankful for? What? Our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we mean it. You know what else we mean? That you can follow us on all the, the social media channels. All of them. Even Twitter for now. 
Maybe I'll set up a co-host account for the show. What do you think about that? Or a Mastodon. I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. No time for this. For Shailen, this is Mr. Freeze. Right here. (laughs) Showing up. Me smacking my chest in a Mark Wahlberg for your style will show up on mic. But thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. We'll be back maybe in less than a month. Who's to say? Eventually. Maybe more than a month. I don't know. And until then, to take us out of here for the evening, Shailen has a special treat. She's going to sing Adam Sandler's Thanksgiving song. Oh, that's not true. In the voice of Hank Hill. That's certainly not true. This is from Sofa King Karaoke. It's Sofa King fun. This is the Thanksgiving song. I hope you enjoy it. Love to eat turkey. Love to eat tur er, er, Peggy, what's going on? Love to eat turkey. Because it's good. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should. Because it's turkey to eat. What? I'll tell you what. I can't do this <laughs> turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey. At the table! <laughs> I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. <laughs> Where did you come from? Under the table. I really should have worked on my Hank Hill impression. I'm sorry, listeners in bed. <laughs> <laughs>